all things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Powered by Overtime Media. What is up, Who Dat Nation? Welcome into another training camp episode here at the Who Dat Discussion. As always, I am your host, Andrew Galata. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew Galata. And then also, you can follow the Who Dat Discussion on Twitter at the Who Dat Dis. Thank you for joining me here on this second episode here of the first week of training camp padded practices here, as this is going to be a jam-packed episode. We have some bad news on left guard Andrus Pete as he suffered a broken thumb. The Saints just signed a new tight end, Ethan Wolf, And then we're going to get all of the scoop and observations from the first week of Saints training camp padded practices here on this episode. I wanted to start off here with the news segment as I think we're just going to jump right in here as left guard Andrus Pete broke his thumb and he will be out probably around two weeks here. And look, it's not a major setback and he should be ready for the season. Like if I had to guess, I think Pete will be out there. But honestly, it's just kind of a little disheartening as he came to camp, looked very motivated. He lost weight, which is great. He looked trim. He looked ready to go, looked really focused. And then you have this news about his thumb coming out and that he's going to be out two weeks of training camp practices. Should be back for the season and It should be good. He should be actually back for that last week of Pride of Practices, which is really, really big. And I think the Saints are hoping that he's back sooner than later, but you're not going to push him because I think the Saints are just penciling him, be ready for week one. And that's a few weeks away. It's more than two weeks away, obviously, closer to three weeks away. So obviously, that's good for the Saints that they have time here. And it's not a major injury from Pete, but it is disheartening that, look, I mean, he looks so good and he looked ready to go after giving him a big contract. And it's kind of like a freak injury with the thumb. And again, that is a little disheartening, but he should be back for the opener. And you're hoping this doesn't affect anything like, okay, you missed a few weeks of training camp. You're hoping that he's still obviously in all the meetings, looking at everything that the Saints are putting in place. So when he comes back, he'll be back to full speed. And that's obviously really big. I mean, right now you do have Nick Easton taking over at left guard. And I think that's fine. I think Easton's actually a very solid backup, and I think he could actually start here for this team. I think he's a plug-and-play type starter. I think he could actually start long-term here if the Saints have everyone else healthy. I think really what he is, he's an average player, but when you have such great tackles, you have obviously the best tandem in the league, and you have Eric McCoy, who looked really, really good last year. You have Cesar Ruiz coming in this year, who looks like one of those just great prospects, plug-and-play starter type guy. So if you really add all that up with Easton, I think that the Saints could actually be very, very successful, and you probably won't see a drop-off. And I talked about this in the offseason. I think Easton's a guy that's just average. Like, he's not going to give you the outstanding great plays like Pete does, but he's not going to give you the, oh, I'm shaking my head how bad that play was by Pete as well. So you probably won't notice him if he's out on the field that much. And again, I think that the Saints could succeed long-term with Easton. Like, that's what I really think he is. I think he's a really good six-man, especially on the interior. He does all the right things. So that's obviously really, really big that the Saints have a nice backup there. But if Pete really took that next step and he's going to go into that elite category of guards, you'd much rather have Pete out there. And he's got all the tools, and this probably will be a little setback for him. But, I mean, everyone's saying that he should be ready to go. This shouldn't be a huge setback for him. You had Taron Armstead say that he'll be fine. It shouldn't be a big setback for him. And he'll be back in a few weeks. And I think that's really all systems go for him in a few weeks. And 
Thank God this didn't happen closer to the season that he actually may miss time. So it looks like he's going to be back before that Bucks game. But missing time, even in training camp, isn't good here, especially with Pete, who doesn't have a lot of wiggle room with the fans and probably coaching staff too, who just gave him that big contract. Like, that was a questionable move. Now, Pete can really kind of make the Saints look like geniuses. Like, oh, Pete was just a year away. He just had to wait. And they actually then got him on a bargain. Like, if Pete is an elite left guard this year, the Saints got him on a bargain. I'm just not sure if that's going to happen, especially after an injury like this. But even if Pete is just, like, a little better than last year or maybe reverting back to his form before he got hurt, like, that's good, and that's good enough to win. Like, the Saints could definitely still win a Super Bowl with that play, but it's probably just a little better than Easton or maybe the same as Easton. So, to me, it's not a big drop-off there, and I think the Saints could still really have a lot of success with Easton in there or Pete, even if he didn't take that next step. If Pete took that next step, that's great, and that makes their offensive line even better, makes their offense even more elite. But if they don't, I don't think that it's going to hinder this Saints team to win in the playoffs or go to the Super Bowl or anything like that. That's just my opinion on that situation. But hopefully it's just a little setback and he's going to have a big year like everyone's been forecasting him to have in the Saints organization. So best of luck to Pete to come back healthy. Definitely want him back in there. Definitely want to see what he got. I mean, he looks very good. He looks fit, ready to go, trim, and then he gets hurt. Like that's just such a just a little disheartening here. But hopefully he comes back and he gets to prove the Saints right as they're looking for him to have a big year after giving him a big contract and really elevate this offensive line probably to like a top five group to like the best group like if Pete really took that next step to be an elite guard like that brings the Saints from like a top five group to now the best like undoubtedly the best and I think that helps Alvin Kamara a ton too because you then really have guys that can run the zone blocking system because you have a lot of guys that are athletic and stuff like that and also get out in screens as well a lot of guys that are really fast agility wise Like, if Pete can take that next step, it's really sky's the limit for the Saints offense. And I'm very, very excited for it. And I'm just hoping that this thumb injury doesn't really back him up and really hinder Pete going into this 2020 season. Now, we are going to go to our second news segment as the Saints did sign tight end Ethan Wolf. And the corresponding move there was that they cut cornerback Tino Ellis with an injury distinction. So that's interesting. Tino Ellis obviously is injured, which kind of caused him being cut. So that's kind of a tough situation there for him. But the Saints do add Ethan Wolf here, who's an interesting guy. He's a big guy. He's 6'5", 260, which, look, that's big, especially for a tight end. And he's a guy that's a good blocker. And I think that, look, you have Josh Hill that has a minor injury. Now, I don't think this is just for that injury, just in case it gets worse. It definitely is depth there for sure. But I think it's also because the Saints had two tight ends opt out. If you don't remember, the Saints had two blocking tight ends opt out. Jason Vanderland, who the Saints used as a fullback last year sometimes, and then Cole Wick. Both guys are more of blocking tight ends and that do the dirty work. And this is kind of what Ethan Wolf does. And he was a guy that was a four-year starter at Tennessee and then really just never picked up traction in the NFL. He was supposed to get drafted and just never did. And then he just kind of hopped around a few practice squads here in the last two seasons. But Again, he's a guy that can come up in here. I think if there was depth issues, I think that, like, especially in the blocking area, I think that this would kind of fill it, and maybe he has to come onto the roster to fill a Jason Vanderland role, which is, like, kind of fullback, flexing, you're doing both, you're playing tight end, you're playing fullback, you could kind of do both, and I think that kind of fills that slot of the roster, and so it's an interesting move. To me, it's not a bad move to the roster, definitely a depth piece. And someone that you probably stash away on your practice squad just in case injuries really build up. Because I think for him to be called up, 
you would have to have a ton of injuries. But especially with the Saints having two tight ends, blocking tight ends for that matter, depth tight ends opting out, I think that kind of just shores up that area. And they probably were a little nervous with Josh Hill having kind of a minor injury. Like if that got worse, we don't have as many blocking tight ends. So I, I do think that like this just adds good depth. And honestly, he's a good player to have and definitely has some potential. Just really hasn't found a place where he can stick so he can kind of just stay on, learn a playbook, and really get into an offense. Maybe the Saints are a team he can do that with. Maybe they're not. But I think it is an interesting add here, and I'm 100% for it. You probably won't see that much of an impact here, but it's definitely something we should definitely note. And this kind of shores up the Saints' tight end depth. And before we move over to our camp observations, we have some breaking news just when we're recording this podcast. As Jeremy Fowler of ESPN reported that the Saints have had preliminary talks with Alvin Kamara about a contract extension. I think this is very, very big as they're talking about numbers, most likely. Nothing's close. Nothing's imminent. But look, talks are kind of happening here between the Saints and Alvin Kamara. And I do think this is very interesting. Obviously, Kamara coming off of kind of a down year because he was hurt a lot. We all know that. But it was interesting in Fowler's report that he said the Saints understand that, look, Kamara had a down year because of injury, and they still view him as an elite running back, which I thought was very interesting. Like, it seems like he's going to get paid in that kind of top 10 status, which means he's going to have a payday. That means, to me, kind of the basis is probably that David Johnson deal with three years, $36 million. I think it may be a little higher than that, maybe a little lower than that. But to me, it's going to be around 13 million AAV. And it's going to be interesting to see what the Saints do with this extension. I think that probably for this year, his cap won't go up. And maybe over the next few years, it will go up. But then that's interesting because we're probably going to see the cap go down next year. So you probably don't want to give these massive extensions that are front-loaded. Probably back-loaded is kind of the better deal right now. But look, Kamar is obviously... To me, a top 10 running back for sure. I think he's going to come back and have a huge year in his contract year. And I bet that the Saints probably want to get this contract talk done now so they have him locked up after he just has this huge year. Because I think if you're the Saints, you got to be a little worried that, look, if he has a huge year this year, that price is only going to go up on the open market. Might as well try to get him locked down now and then see what happens. Because I I do think that's something that Kamara may want to bet on himself and be like, look, I want to go out. I'm in great shape. I'm looking great. I want to go out and play and see what I can get. Like, I can definitely see that happening. But to me, the win-win scenario is Kamara gets money now. So just in case he gets hurt this year, because that's still a possibility. What if he gets hurt again? Then at least now he has some guaranteed money, already a signed contract, going to come back with the Saints. So it gives him some safety. But he probably won't side that, like, amazing Christian McCaffrey type deal. Probably won't be the top top. It won't be, like, record-breaking or anything. But it will be a good enough contract where, look, he gets enough guaranteed money, and like that happy medium. But the Saints are also happy because they don't have to pay him top, top dollar if he has a huge year. So it's basically a win-win because if he goes out and has a big year, everyone's like, oh, that's a great deal for the Saints. And let's say Kamara, something happens, he tweaks something again. Then people are like, okay, at least Kamara has his guaranteed money. I do think it's a win-win for kind of the best-case scenario and the worst-case scenario. I think I think at the end of the day, everyone's going to win. It's probably not going to be a low-ball deal. I don't think it's going to be the highest deal ever. It's probably going to be somewhere in that happy medium. And that's probably where it should be right now. Look, if Kamara has just this amazing year, he's going to get paid on the open market, especially if he goes to free agency and this is in a contract year, he will get paid. But again, do you want to risk that if you're Alvin Kamara? It's interesting. If there's enough guaranteed money on the table, you're probably going to take that now. And when you're looking at what he's been able to do these last few seasons, I mean, the all-purpose yards are just through the charts. His first two years, over 1,500 all-purpose yards. 
last season, over 1,300 all-purpose yards in a down year and only playing 14 games. Like, to me, I think he's only getting better as a running back. I think as a pass catcher, he's obviously extremely just great in the short field, and there's nothing else I can say about it. It's just very, very precise route running. I mean, you need to double-team him in the short field. Those option routes are one-on-one. It's impossible to beat him, and he's only getting better at that, too. I think he's getting a more diverse route tree as well. Maybe they're going to try to expand him to maybe more of deep routes or something. I don't know what they're going to do with him, but I think his game's only evolving. I don't think it's going to get worse here. And just because he has one injury doesn't mean he's going to have another injury. And look, it may not mean that he has a career year either. Maybe somewhere in the middle. I don't really know that. But right now, when looking at a possible extension for him, if you're Kamara and if you're the Saints, you've got to play both extremes, right? And that's something that you have to find that happy medium to do. Now, maybe they will never find it this offseason. It's going to be, or not offseason, really training camp. It's going to be interesting to see. But again, I think this is something that the Saints definitely, I think, should get done if they want to. I've been a big proponent of saying, if you're the Saints, kind of with Kamara, you let him come to you with with an offer. You don't want to just give him this head-over-heels offer. You should probably either lowball him or just give him, like, kind of, I guess, that happy medium offer. Maybe you start with a lowball and then you gravitate from there because you know that agent's going to want that top dollar when he's obviously fighting for Kamara in these negotiations. So... If you're Kamara, I think that he's probably going to start at the top end. The Saints will probably start on the low ball end. They'll probably meet somewhere in the middle. If it happens this offseason, that's great. If it happens next season, maybe there'll be a little more leverage for Kamara. Maybe there'll be a little more leverage for the Saints. But I think getting it done now and kind of giving like a middle offer, I think it's a win-win for both teams. So I hope it gets done for that matter because I think everyone loves wins-wins, especially when you're the Saints, you love the Saints, and you want to keep Kamara long-term. Obviously, you don't want to overpay for him either to hinder other parts of your team, but you want Kamara to be part of here, and also, you want him to get paid, because, look, he deserves it. I mean, as a Saints fan, he's given us some great moments, so we obviously hope that he continues, stays with the black and gold. I mean, he's been just money back in 2018, like 18 total touchdowns. You go back to that 2017 season, Rookie of the Year, he was great, and all the stuff he does, it does add a lot of value than just the classic running back, so to me, that's also very important that you have to kind of just comprehend if you're the Saints. I think he gives you a receiving kind of notion of the game too. Obviously, he's a good runner as well. And I think just that dual threat is makes him very, very unique. And to me, a top 10 running back, if he has a good year and he goes back to that 2018, 2017 level, to me, he's a top five running back. And that's how good he is, in my opinion. So I think the Saints should definitely um, give him a deal, but I don't think they should give him top dollar. I don't think they should give him that Christian McCaffrey type deal, that Zeke Elliott type deal. I think if you're the Saints, you probably would want to wait to see what the Vikings give Dalvin Cook. Getting another contract to compare Kamara to isn't bad, but what if the Vikings go out and give Dalvin Cook a huge contract? That gives even more leverage to Kamara. So maybe the Saints want to get this done as early as possible. I could definitely see that side as well. Definitely a lot of moving parts, so I understand why the Saints want to get this ball rolling and Kamara's agent to get the ball rolling here. So hopefully they could come on a deal before the start of the season. So... Before we get into my observations about the next two training camp practices for the Saints, we are going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Who Dat Discussion podcast. Welcome back into the Who Dat Discussion. And now we're going to talk about the Saints' second and third practices from training camp here, the second and third padded practices. We talked about the first padded practice for the Saints in my last episode, so if you haven't seen that, definitely check that out here. But talking about these two practices, 
And I think the Saints, again, these two practices, very, very good, very, very competitive, which is what you love to see. Now, there weren't huge, like, 11-on-11 components in this one. Obviously, a lot of kind of just group uh, drills here. So, like, the defensive line would do drills for the defensive line. Linebackers would do linebacker drills with the secondary, do secondary drills, and so on. So, not that many team practice kind of settings where it's like 11 on 11 and they're all playing each other. Not a lot of that, but there was still some of that. And the defense has kind of controlled it here, especially in the past. The run, it seems like that the Saints are able to open up the running holds. Right now, the passing is just a little bit off. And I do think that it's kind of expected that you see just kind of some miscommunications from the offense, especially the passing, because again, you not only have to get the quarterback to receiver down and you definitely want chemistry there but also the offensive line especially today when I'm recording this on a Thursday the Saints didn't have their starting tackles and like that's gonna hurt a lot so add that to getting chemistry with like Breeze and Sanders Breeze and Ty Montgomery you kind of understand why the defense is really flourishing the defense a lot of the same pieces and the guys that are new they are kind of high cerebral guys like Malcolm Jenkins kind of has fit really nice into the Saints defense, it seems so far, just because he knows so much about the game, and you knew that would have been a seamless fit there, and everyone else is basically the same players. So to me, when looking at what the Saints defense has been able to do, it's very, very encouraging, but I think I want to see the defense still play good after the offense's chemistry hits, because you know Breeze is going to really start getting going. Look, he's only through 25 passes in these practices. Like, Breeze is definitely going to get going. We all know that the offense will catch fire. It always starts out a little slow. These last three years, the offense has started out slow in the past. But once that second week of training camp started, it seems like they were just kind of in the zone and kind of ready to go. So it took them about a week just to get everything kind of just straight. And then after that, it seems like they were a lot less sloppy and missing passes. But honestly, hats off to the defense this early. They look very, very good. You saw today uh, Marcus Williams with the pick. Excuse me there. So that was obviously very good. You had Anzalone, who had a good practice as well. Chauncey Garner-Johnson, after having a bad first practice, I think has played better in these last two practices. He's been with the starting group as a nickel corner. So I think that's really interesting. So he's kind of the nickel guy in this Saints defense, at least to start right now, which is very interesting. It seems like he has a leg up on PJ Williams. And I think he deserves it at this point. And I want to see what he can do with kind of more on his plate. So it will definitely be interesting to see what he can do in the future. So I thought that was really good there. And you're obviously going right to the defensive line and looking at Rankins and Davenport because they had amazing practices. And the Saints have raved about Marcus Davenport really since the beginning of camp here for these last few weeks, even in the walkthroughs and stuff like that. And the Saints coaches are really saying that he turned a corner. They're saying that he's just gotten a lot better. He's kind of learning the moves better. His technique's getting better along with that great physical attributes that he has and those are also kind of still there like the injuries haven't hindered those so that's obviously really really big you have Sheldon Rankins who just went off today and also had a good practice yesterday another player that the Saints coaches are saying that he looks back and ready to go looks in that 2018 form which is huge so having really a good Rankins in there having a healthy Davenport Onyemata also had a few really good reps today so this Saints defensive line is looking really good here to start camp, and that is really big. And I think that when looking at this defensive line group, you know Cameron Jordan's going to be there, but really for this group to be a top five group, to be a top three group, to be like just a complete kind of disrupting force for the whole season, they're going to need Davenport and Rankins to stay healthy. 
And if those guys can stay healthy, I really think it's sky's the limit for this Saints defensive line group. And I truly believe that. So I think that early on in camp, seeing these two guys shine, also you have Onyamata playing really good. To me, that is very, very big. So before we move over to the offense, I do want to talk about the linebackers real quick here. So first off, Zach Bond is playing out there and he's actually with the starters right now for the most part. And I think he's out for the starters. I think they're just trying to see what they have with Zach Bond. They said kind of up and down play to start and they definitely want to get him those reps. I think that's the main thing. The one thing that I want to point out is that Demario Davis seems like he hasn't played as much in those team drills. I think it's just to see those other guys. Like you want to see what Nigel Bradham has. You want to see what Zach Bond has. You want to see what Craig Robertson has. And to me, that is very big to see what those guys have because we know that Demario Davis is a top three linebacker in this early in camp. We don't need to see Demario Davis out there 100% of the time. It's fine if we only see him like 20, 30% of the snaps for now. And then we see some other guys kind of get in the rotation. So we see what they got. The coaches can see what they got. And then Demario works in there and then he's fully ready to go. So I think that would be a huge thing for the Saints. Demario Davis doesn't hurt or anything. I think the Saints are just giving him some like veteran rest. The team has done that with a decent amount of veterans. You saw the tackles for the Saints get some rest today. I think Cameron Jordan's getting some rest in there as well. And I think the Saints will do this with their veteran players just to get them some rest and like to see younger guys and see what they got because they didn't have that mini camp period. They didn't have OTAs. So we kind of have to see what they got here. And we don't have obviously preseason games as well. So you may need some reps from other guys that may have to play in the starting rotation down the line. And you want to see what they got so you could see if you could trust them or not. So that to me makes a ton of sense, especially this early when you don't have a lot of time in those 11 on 11 practices and really time is precious and limited. You'd rather see guys that are at least new or younger or kind of fighting for a spot more than a guy that's a veteran. We know what he's going to get. He looks just as good as last year. So I completely understand what the Saints are doing with Davis. And I think it's actually a really good idea to see what everyone else has got, because to me right now, Demario Davis is kind of the closest thing that you have to a slam dunk on this defense, probably besides Cameron Jordan. So to me, you want to see some other guys. You want to see what some young guys got, some new guys got. That's what you have to do here this early here in this kind of just truncated training camp and weird training camp. And I think as the practice goes on, we'll see more and more of those veteran players. We'll see more and more reps from them as they're going to get ready for Tampa Bay in week one. So moving over to the offense here, And look, the offense, to me, to start, has looked a little up and down, I would say. Because I think that timing is still off. So I think once they get that timing together, and that should happen in the next week, if the timing is still not together, to me, by the end of August, I would say that we have some trouble here. But I think for now, it's fine. And I I think that the Saints will be fine. And right now, I think Breeze, you saw a few really nice throws where he threw some deep balls to Michael Thomas. I think that timing with Michael Thomas is there. I think the time with like Alvin Kamara is there. I think he's trying to get it with some other guys like Emmanuel Sanders or Ty Montgomery. And I think you expect that timing to be a little off this early in training camp, especially in an offseason like this where you didn't have OTAs and you didn't have minicamp. So I expect that to come along pretty quickly in the next week because, look, those guys are veterans. I think Breeze will end up hitting with them kind of with ease by the end of training camp here. And Troutman's another guy that I think Breeze kind of has not connected with yet. Just someone like deep passes, we've seen that he didn't connect and stuff like that. But I think overall, I think that's expected. And right now, I think over the next week, you're going to see it get better and better each day. And to me, by the time next week hits and I do another one of these kind of updates, 
you're going to see that the Saints are doing a lot better on offense. So to me, that's really, really big. And also having the starting five offensive linemen in there is going to help. And even if Pete's out, if you have Easton in there and the other four guys starting is in, that would be really big. That's going to help Drew Brees a lot. And right now there are a lot of moving parts. So I feel like once everything's solidified in and everyone kind of knows what each other is doing and the chemistry's there, I think this offense will be just fine. And this is just kind of just early season kinks in training camp that are to me expected. And I think they're going to work itself out here. And I think you don't want to overhype anything. You don't want to give anything too much kind of pressure here this early. I think everything's fine. The offense will be fine, even though you've seen the defense really rule these first three practices. I'm definitely not worried about the offense. And again, I think the running game has been good because that's less kind of um, chemistry involved. Like same two running backs are there. And when you're running the ball, especially up the middle, it takes less chemistry involved. And it's just like, look, these guys really know what they're doing. And there's not as much moving parts. So we're just going to ground and pound. And it's worked. And especially the running game has been good. I think the passing game will come along once the chemistry comes along and you get your starting offensive line in there. And again, I'm not worried about that. You've seen Emmanuel Butler keep on playing well. You saw a nice hookup between Drew Brees and little Jordan Humphrey. So that was good to see as well for Humphrey's sake to try to make this roster. And I think the big wide receiver that everyone's been talking about is Benny Fowler. And he has looked very, very good. And he's a guy that's going to do anything for this team to win. And I just love guys like that. And he's a guy that, look, he's not going to get 75 catches, 1,000. He's not that type of guy. He's probably not going to get 50 catches and like a ton of yards. Probably got like 25 catches and probably him and Traquan Smith can combine and hit like that 70 catch mark. And that would obviously be very, very good. But he's a guy that can be a very good blocker. He could be that fifth receiver for you. He can only catch 20 balls and you can feel like he's had a good season. And if he could do everything else, play special teams and be fine with that because the Saints have so many weapons on offense. You do need a guy that can do everything and he can do everything. So that's why I love Benny Fowler. And he's not a bad receiver as well. He's played as a number two receiver opposite Odell Beckham. Drew Brees said that in his last presser. So to me, all that stuff put together, it's very, very good for him. And I think his value kind of for a receiver isn't measured by the number of catches, number of touchdowns, number of yards it has. This is all the other things he can do as a fourth or fifth depth receiver. And I think that he fits on this roster very, very nicely. Even if he only catches 25 balls, 30 balls, I think he could still make this team and be very, very good. Could be even less than that, 20 balls. I think he still would definitely make an impact as a run blocker because right now the Saints' last receiver last year was a guy like Krishan Hogan or a little Jordan Humphrey, more of that blocking type guy. I think Benny Fowler is like those guys, but I think he's an upgrade over those guys. So to me, I think the Saints are just making the correct upgrades to this roster And I'm just really, really excited to see what this offense could do once it starts clicking and everything. And I think it will start clicking sooner rather than later. Excuse me there. And again, I think the Saints will be good to go here for this 2020 season. I think these practices have been very good. The battles have been very good. And honestly, I was just excited to see them take the field against the Bucs week one. But I think with all that said, it is time to wrap up this episode if you like what we're doing here at the Houdat Discussion, you should definitely follow us on all our social media accounts. On Twitter, you can follow me personally at Andrew Galata. And then also you can follow the podcast on Twitter at the Houdat Dis. You could also follow the Houdat Discussion on Instagram at Houdat Discussion. And then also you can listen to this podcast wherever you get all your other podcasts. So that means iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, we are on all of those sites. And also definitely leave that five-star review on iTunes. 
we just got a new five-star review from Thanos Will Snap You, saying that, by far, my favorite sports podcast. So thank you, Thanos Will Snap You, and honestly, Avengers movie is great. Definitely check him out if you haven't already. And guys, just thank you for all the support going into this 2020 season. Definitely could not have done it without you. We're approaching 200 episodes, and to me, that's just crazy. Like, 200 episodes, and we're doing this for over two years, and I just love creating every episode and just doing all this stuff. It's honestly the best part of my day when I sit down to record these, and I hope that you guys enjoy listening to them. But that's all I have in store for you guys for this podcast. So I wanted to say thank you guys for listening, run it back, and who dat?